Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Performance Improvement Podcast. This is your host, Ella McGee. I'm a doctor of education who specializes in performance improvement for adult learners and individuals. I have a guest today via telephone, and I'm quite excited about it. We're going to hear from Mrs. Sharon O'Neill. Mrs. O'Neill is an educator who recently retired from the New York public school system. She will share her experiences and concerns, and she'll also provide words of wisdom for administration, teachers, students, and parents. Hello, Sharon. How are you today? Hi, Ella. I'm fine. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. So I'm going to dive right into the question. Sure. So how long have you taught? This year is my 30th year. Um, I recently retired. I spent 17 years in the classroom, and then I became a reading teacher. Okay. And what grade did you teach, or what grades did you teach? Well, I'm licensed actually from K through 12. Most of my career I spent teaching fourth grade, but I've had experience in just about all the grades, K, third grade, Mm -hmm. second grade, first grade, fifth, sixth. I even had um, a short, uh, over the summer, um, I I had the the privilege of working in the high school, ninth grade, English. Okay. And when was your last day? This year, June 25th. Okay. So you taught during COVID. What were the differences you noticed in teaching and in student learning once COVID came? Well, with COVID, um, we had to jump right in into um, learning new technology, you know, how to uh, interact with the students and, you know, for them to be able to get the most out of learning um, through these uh, programs, new programs. So we were learning and teaching at the same time. Um, As far as learning was concerned, it was challenging because in some instances, um, students were not in attendance due to a lack of access to laptops. And um, some students, when they were in attendance, um, were not as attentive as, you know, we could, uh, you know, as a teacher, you have teacher management, um, things that you put in place in the classroom, and you don't have necessarily access to that remotely. I mean, you can set up certain protocols and, you know, get children into a routine and do the best you can, but it's, it's totally different. Um, you know, during COVID, you're not, you can put kids in small groups, but you got to put them uh, in breakout rooms, in Zoom. Um, it's just different. Okay. Socializing and all that stuff that goes along with, uh, you know, being in school in a classroom environment. The reason I asked that question is because um, me being a, a college professor, I saw a, a difference in the way students learn. Similar to what you're saying, the way they learn online as opposed to how they learn in the classroom. So it was. It sounds like it was a little more challenging for the younger students, which makes total sense. I would definitely say it's much more challenging, and it's not really conducive um, uh, to their learning. Um, 
you know, some technology, absolutely, you know, technology in the classroom for the teacher there, that's a beautiful thing. In many instances, I did see parents. Right. Some instances, the parents had to work too, and it's difficult. I totally get that. I mean, it was COVID just turned everything upside down in so many areas, but especially in education. And it's 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 nice to hear from a teacher exactly what happened because you know we hear it on the news. It's just not the same name as hearing it from someone who actually was there. So exactly. I. And then we went hybrid, where we were expected to teach remotely and in person. Right. So you have to give your attention to the students in classroom as well as children online. That was double duty. Okay, so let me ask you this. As an educator, how did you feel about the online learning platform? What did you guys use, Zoom, or did you have a choice? Well, we used Zoom. And how did it feel to teach from Zoom? And I don't mean to call out Zoom, but from any, you know, online learning platform. Well, it's difficult. You, uh, you require the attention. Uh, if they're in a, a, an environment where you don't really have a, have control over they're looking at television. Right. You know they're looking at television. They're in a house where there's lots of noise. Right. Uh, other, other children, I should say, who are zooming. It's just not, you know, it's frustrating. Because in the classroom, you have, uh, you know, more classroom management. Um, you have more protocols that you can put in place. Um, you know, um, it wasn't all bad. Right. How about delivery as a teacher? In the classroom, you know, I was able to share documents to go over the content. Uh, you know, I still use my strategies so, you know, as a reading teacher. I still focus on those skills, and I, you know, I I taught the best I could. And you have to differentiate. Learning, you have some students at different levels, and you know, in the classroom, you can put them in groups, but uh, on Zoom, it might it was a little bit more challenging. You may have to put a child, uh, like a, a you know, put them in a breakout room that um, to do independent work and then come back to them, you know. So, that's right? Online learning, you know, that's the wave of the future, um, but it's going to take a while before the lower grades will be ready for something like that on a, on a permanent basis? I, I hope not. In all, in all honesty, I hope not. Because nothing takes the place of a teacher. So as you said before, with the older students, the middle school students, you want to say, the high school students, adult learners, that might work for them. But with younger children, I think they need that interaction. Someone to keep up there you know, uh, hands-on, how do you do manipulatives and things like right. that. You know, they need that. So I hope that, you know, integrating technology is a beautiful thing. You know, like many of us, we know this program, we know that program, and we learned it. Right. And we all the students went back when I left. However, if I were to, just, uh, to go back, knowing what I know now in terms of technology, and I could use that in the classroom with my students, that's wonderful. Right. Not to happen just online. Right. I'm sure that many teachers will agree with you because no one knows like you guys to teach 8 to 12. 
So my next question is, do you believe that parent involvement and student learning played a major role in how well students learn during COVID? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that we needed to, uh, to work together as a team um, in order for it to be effective, you know, in terms of learning. Right. Uh, those parents would able to assist. It was helpful. And those children, unless, like I said, unless they were self-motivated, right. they, they were doing other things. Like I said, they were watching television or talking to their sister or, you know, all kinds of things. So, parent involvement, online, offline, it always makes a difference. Right. Okay. That's something that will never change. So, we were pushed into teaching online once COVID came. Mm -hmm. Given a voice in the decision to teach online, what would you do differently? Well, in a perfect world, all children would be uh, attentive. Uh, parents would be able to support us. And it's not a perfect world. So as I look back over what I did, I, I really feel that I was there. I was online. I was doing what I had to do. Right. So, but if you were in front of administration while they were making their decisions to go online, would you be against it? Would you have another suggestion? No, it was necessary during COVID. It was necessary. We had no other choice. So it's not that I'm just against online. just that, that um, it happened. But kids need to socialize. They need to, uh, even I, as a teacher, I was at home all day online the collaboration with limited even the interaction with the students it was just it was a totally different uh, way of uh, you know way we would communicate it was necessary you know my school district i was very proud of the way we jumped right into great yeah that was a necessary thing very good so let me ask you because you recently retired like you said I believe you said June 25th. If COVID had never presented itself, would you have retired at that time? Yes. It did not play a part in my retirement. However, uh, I love teaching. I still love teaching, but um, not all day that way. You know, you need to be around the children, see them, and work with them. Okay. I see. So COVID was not the reason. No. Okay. So what were some of your best memories as a teacher? My best memory as a teacher, believe it or not, was a fourth grade class that I had um, 11 students on the honor roll, about 27 kids in the class, nice. but 11 students were on the honor roll. That's half the class. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and, you know, that goes back to years ago. But, mm -hmm. that, that was, I guess, my fondest memory. And um, they gave me a diva party. And they had big <laughs> letters, like diva with the balloons. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that was cute. Oh, that's wonderful. So, I have other fond memories, especially if I work in the school district where, you know, um, students, you know, lower 
economics and um, they weren't, you know, where they needed to be mm-hmm. in terms of test scores and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so having students like that turning around and be successful, that, that's awesome. Yes. Oh my God. Students in the lowest socioeconomic status, they're just as capable. They are just as capable. Oh, absolutely. You know? Um, but absolutely. So, yeah, so they cannot be forgotten. I totally understand that. So, do you have any bad memories you want to share? It's not like bad memory. The only thing that I wish, mm-hmm. um, there was a very uh, big emphasis put on trust schools. Oh, yes. Measuring uh, a teacher from year to year based on uh, students' test scores. Yes, there were teachers who perhaps could uh, be better, but the amount of pressure sometimes put upon the teacher becomes the same. Kids become numbered. So that's the negative part of it. If you could just go into a classroom, feel free to teach your students without fear, but data is important. Right. You should look at it, you should analyze it, you should see where the weaknesses are, where the strengths are, and address those. But, right. you know, all the other years your kids pass, but this year, oh, right. is also, what's, wrong, what's wrong with you? Yeah, there's a whole set of factors that can affect the student's learning. So you're right, I agree that it's not fair to put it all on the shoulder of teachers. Um, and like you said earlier, sometimes parent involvement plays a role. I mean, there's so many things that play a role. So I, I agree with you on that. If the teacher's doing everything possible to educate the child or the children, and and the children are not listening, not handing in work, because you have to grade based on all of that. That's right. <laughs> and, That's if, right. you know, so it's not the teacher's fault if they did their job. So, okay, we can go on and on about that. But right. uh, we're going to move on. So... Thank you for sharing that. Now that you have retired, do you feel obligated to teach on a part-time basis or give back in some way? Um, I do not. I don't feel obligated. I feel that there may come a time where I will do that. Um, I just spoke to a parent this morning and told her that, you know, um, I was going to travel. I just retired June 25th. Um, I wanted to do some things that I don't have an opportunity to do when I'm working. Because as a teacher, I was one of those. I gave 150%. I did my lesson plans. I prepped and planned and bought and considered and did all of those things. And I did it because I wanted to do it. I was passionate about what I was doing. So now I'm just chapter in my life and I would like to explore that chapter um, and I told the panel this morning you know I perhaps will tutor in the fall I don't know okay right now um, I'm just you know feeling my way but no I don't I gave it all I gave it my all that's great I, I get it you want to do your thing I mean different teachers are going to feel different ways listen when I retire 
I'm going to do whatever I want to do. So I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the whole point of retirement. Yep. This, you know, you want to do some other things. I mean, life is, you know, you don't realize how quickly it goes by. You know, and I remember I have a girlfriend who just recently retired too, and she and I spoke. Mm-hmm. We wanted to know why on Sunday we were the ones at home. You know, what you doing? I'm doing lesson plan. Well, other people were out doing their thing. Right. <laughs> you know, and you're like, really? Why? How do they? How do you do that? You know, I'm I'm doing lesson plans here. Right. You know, so yeah, um, I I will see what happens. Okay. But I won't say totally no. Again, you're gonna do whatever you feel like doing. So if you feel like giving back in some capacity, then you can do that too. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, so do you have any words of wisdom for those who are currently teaching? Well, the one thing I have to say, in order to be an effective teacher, it has to be your passion. Um, but you also have to have balance. You have family, you have God, you have, um, other things in your life as well. It should be a healthy balance. Yes, you should be passionate about it. You should also um, keep the fire lit, just professional development. Yes. That's one thing I did when I was professional development. I always felt that there was always um, something for me to learn, and I feel that's very important and valuable. And if you feel like you can't do that, uh-huh. Yeah. We. Right. Because there are teachers coming in and they don't have that time. You don't have it, you can get out to something else. So that's my words of wisdom. That's true because if you're not really in it or really into it, I should say, then the challenges that you face as a teacher are going to push you out anyway. And then the students suffer because they get used to exactly. you. And I also agree on the lifelong learning comment. Um, Nowadays, we have information all around us, and we have access to it at any second. So I believe, I'm a strong believer in lifelong learning, so that was really good advice. Okay, and the last question, do you have any words of wisdom for students or parents? For students, um, I want them to just be motivated. Right. You have to believe in yourself, and you have to know that. You can do it, and um, just, you know, you have to have a goal. You have to set goals for yourself. Right. Not just the teacher telling you what you should do. Okay. And so, any advice for parents of students? Support your child. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Very um, good. Most parents' intentions are good. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they want to support. They ask questions of the teacher. Okay. If you're a child advocate, you don't advocate for them, no one. Well, yes, ask questions. Right. I'm so glad that we ended on that because a lot of times parents forget that. It's not that they're uh, neglectful necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just that they just leave it on the teacher. And mm-hmm. some parents do that. Not all. There are many who do support their children. And I think that that's awesome to end on, that um, parents should be involved in their children's learning. Listeners, I hope you caught those nuggets. I'm going to repeat them one more time. Administrators should consider students' unique situations 
when analyzing test scores instead of automatically attributing low test scores to teachers' ability. Teachers should teach with passion, have balance in life, and keep the fire lit with continual professional development. It is important for parents to advocate for their kids by asking the teacher questions and keeping the lines of communication open. And students need to be attentive and set goals for themselves. Thank you for coming, Sharon. And we are all wishing you a restful and peaceful and happy retirement. Thank you so much. So that is our program for today. Until next time, bye-bye.